last Sunday night, we started a series called Walking in Wisdom. And the tagline is, so you can avoid regret. We all have regret. We all have things we wish we could undo. We all have things we wish we had never done. We all have things we wish we could turn the clock back and try again. And so walking in wisdom is is very important. And last week, just to review very quickly, we said that there really is a lesson in our mistakes. And this is review from last Sunday night. There really is a a lesson in our mistakes that the, the only way to end up at the right destination is to choose the right path. And some of what I'm sharing with you, uh, Andy Stanley written a book, and I've gotten from that. Some of it just from my own study. But, uh, but he said the only way to really end up at the right destination is to choose the right path. And every day, we're taking steps in a specific direction. Every day, we're doing that. We're taking a steps. We're taking steps toward a specific destination. And it sometimes amazes me when somebody will come to me and say, Pastor, I never, I never intended to end up here. Well, why were you walking in that way? Did you think that if you were walking in this particular way, somehow it was magically going to change when you get to the end of it? No, we we end up at the destination we end up at because that's the direction we're walking in. And, And so, as Andy Stanley says, direction, not intentions, determines your destination. It's not your good intentions, but it's the direction you're walking in. So, how do we... Here's the question. How do we walk in wisdom? How do we walk in wisdom so that we can avoid regret? I mean, let's talk, talk for a moment. Maybe, maybe you would feel comfortable in sharing. Can you, I'm not saying this is necessarily regret that you have had, but what kinds of regret do people have when they don't walk in wisdom? Relational. Very good. Very good. Give me another one. Careers, reputation, good. Finances, absolutely. Any more? Yes, absolutely. You know, not long ago, I I spoke at, um, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at at a ministry down in Anderson for graduation. Uh, These men uh, were graduating, actually there was one, and there was other men in the program, there was about 70 people there, and, and I was speaking at this graduation, these, you know, where these men have found themselves in this year-long program trying to overcome addiction, trying to overcome alcohol addiction, or trying to overcome addiction to, to pills, and you know, all those kind of things. That's what we're talking about. If we're not careful, we can end up saying, man, I wish I had handled this differently. I wish I had handled alcohol differently. I wish I had handled uh, pain pills differently. I, I wish I had lived differently. But of course, you can't go back. None of us can. We can't undo what we've done. I, I like what Anna uh, Nalick said. She said, listen to this. This is a great quote. She said, life is like an hourglass glued to the table. You know what she means by that? In other words, you can't turn it over and start over again. Life is like an hourglass glued to the table. But there is a way to avoid regret. There are some paths that we can take that will help us avoid regret. I mean, think of it in these terms. Just like there are paths that lead to regret, there are also paths that lead away from it. 
Just like there are paths that lead to bad decisions, there are paths that lead to good decisions. And so that's where the book of Proverbs comes in. Proverbs tells us how to stay on the right path, how to avoid the wrong path. Now that's that's especially important in this, in this case. Everybody listen to this. It's especially important when we're, trying, when we're facing an unknown future. When you're facing an unknown future and you're trying to make decisions, how do you walk in wisdom? When you want to peek over the horizon, but you can't see what's over there, how do you walk in wisdom? A lot of you know, probably most of you know, that tomorrow morning uh, we're leaving for Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, my son Jonathan is moving out there for a year at an internship, to do an internship at a church out in, in the Phoenix area. Uh, Jonathan knows one person out there. Uh, he'll be living with a family he has never met. Uh, he'll be working with people he has never met and has only talked to a, a few times on the phone. And then after the one-year internship is over, he has no idea where he'll be living or what he'll be doing. At certain times... We all are in situations like that. At certain times, we all need to peek over the horizon, or at least we want to peek over the horizon. We want to see what's on the other side. We want to see what's coming, what the future holds. So the question is, how do you walk in wisdom when you can't see over the horizon? How do you walk in wisdom when you can't see where your decision will take you? How do you walk in wisdom when you can't see if the right path is even going in the right direction because you don't know what's ahead. And to make the matter even more challenging, sometimes the choices that we have to make are right now choices that have later consequences. You know how, how this is. Have you? Maybe this might be you. I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound, but haven't you heard of people, met people, maybe there's somebody in your family, maybe it's you, Haven't you heard of people who have gone like to a a college, to a university, they've majored, they've gotten their degree, they've gotten to the end of their four years, and then they decided, I don't want to do this. What was I thinking? I I don't want to be a lawyer. Why did I go to law school? I I don't want to be a doctor. Why did I go to med school? I I, I don't want to be a teacher. Why why did I major in this? I want to do so-and-so. But here's the problem, isn't it? When you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you have to make right now decisions about the future, and you don't have all the information about the future. And so your right now decision has later consequences. Anybody want to give us a word of testimony how you're one of those people? Yeah? (laughs) So what did you start out as, or or plan to be? Special education. Did you go through and get your whole degree? I'm sorry, y'all go ahead and have your conversation. <laughs> no. Working with children. What were you thinking? Special education is what she went to school for, ended up in electronic engineering. You see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We can't peek over the horizon, and we make the decision based on what we think is right. You don't go to school and say, hey, I want to be special education because I'm trying to just really mess up my life. You go to take special education because you think, I want to do that with my life. And, and at the moment, it looks right, it feels right, but the, the right now choices sometimes have later consequences. And here's the problem. Once you get there, 
you can't reset the clock, can you? Once you get to that point, you can't go back and undo it. The money is gone, the years are gone, the opportunity is gone. So how do we make wise decisions? How do we walk in wisdom when we don't know the future? Go to the next slide up there, if you will. Here's what you do. Trust the Lord for what's ahead. Open your Bibles with me. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to talk tonight about how we can trust the Lord for what's ahead. Proverbs chapter 3. Here's how he begins it. Remember now, the Proverbs is written by who? Somebody tell me. Who's Proverbs written by? Solomon. And Solomon is writing this, these Proverbs, and one of the people he's writing for is his own son. He wants his son to have wisdom. He wants his son to make good choices. He wants his son to, to uh, be a wise man and live in a wise way. And so he says in chapter 3, verse 1, My son. It's a letter from a father to a son. And he says, My son, do not forget my teaching. That is, I, I've tried to teach you over the years. I, I've tried to instill in you wisdom. I, I've tried to show you the right way. I've tried to tell you about God. And now... Here's what I'm, I'm asking you. Don't forget. Don't forget my teaching. But in contrast to that, keep my commands in your heart. Keep it in your heart. For they, here's the reason, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. In other words, Solomon is saying the things I've taught you, son, are things that will help you down the road. These are things that will enhance your life. So try as best you can to hang on to what I've taught you and what I've shown you. And then he says in verse 3, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Focus on love and faithfulness. Loving God, loving others. Focus on being faithful to the Lord. Focus on these things. Love and faithfulness. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then if you do that, if you focus on loving God and loving others and being faithful to the Lord, then, verse 4, then you will, get, you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man, it's wonderful to have a good name in the sight of God and in the sight of man. Now, we come to our text. How do you face the future? Here's what Solomon said to his son. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Now, I've told you many times, if you've been here around here at all, you know that that particular passage is my favorite scripture it's my life verses Uh, I claimed that scripture when I was in college Proverbs 3 5 and 6 Uh, it it just one day in college the light bulb went off for me or came on for me one one day in college as I was reading that text anxious about the future and anxious about what I felt like God was calling me to do and not knowing what was on the other side of the horizon not truly comprehending how God could use someone like me came to that text all of a sudden it just opened up to me and it seemed so real so what I want to share with you tonight is based on what I've learned since my college days and that's been a while I want to share with you also what I've learned as I was reading the book by Andy Stanley I want to share with you what I've learned as I've studied the scripture I want to share with you about how you can face the future. 
with the Lord. I want to talk to you about trusting the Lord for what's ahead. I'm going to give you four things if you're taking notes. These four things, again, are based on my personal experience. They're based on what I've read in that book, but they're also based on what I've studied in Scripture. Four things that will help you to trust the Lord with what's ahead. Here's what he says. I'm just going to break down Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 for you. He says, first of all, write this down. Face what's ahead by relying on God. Face what is ahead by relying on God. Here's the way he says it. He says, trust in the Lord. And trust in the Lord how much, church? Trust in the Lord how much? With all your heart. Do you know what the word trust means? How would you define trust? If you had to define it to somebody, how would you define the word trust? What? All right, let me give you a word to help you up with that. You might want to write it down if you're taking notes. The word trust really has the idea of to rely on. When you trust something, you rely on it. To trust means to rely on or to depend on would be another way to say it or to put your confidence in. So Solomon was saying to his son, as you face the future, here's the way you need to face it. Put your confidence in God. Depend on God. Rely on God. As you face an unknown future, what are you really going to rely on? What are you really depending on? Are you going to depend upon, rely upon, trust in the Lord? This is how you face what's ahead. You do it by relying on God. Now, I have always wanted to repel. Anybody ever gone repelling? Do you know what I mean by repelling? Andy, have you done repelling? All right, so tell us, if you don't mind, just tell everybody in a loud voice what repelling is. Yeah. Yeah, who else is going repelling? Raise your hand. All right, I see a few hands there. I've always wanted to do that, and, and my son got into rock climbing, and I don't know, maybe about a year and a half ago, he took me repelling, and there was this, this rock formation or rock cliff, and we climbed to the top of it. He hooked up the ropes. I'll tell you something, that was faith right there, by the way. <laughs> that was pure faith, just... I didn't know what to do. He was hooking it all up. And there's ropes and there's carabiners and there's anchors and all of these kind of things. And and then he gave me instructions on how to do it. And and you take the rope and and you get to the... And it's not so... I'm telling you, it's not so scary when you're standing up top and you got the rope. It gets a little bit more scary. I'm going to get up here. Okay, so it's not, it's not real scary when you're up here and you got the rope and you got the harness and you got the helmet and you got everything. And it's not even that scary when you get over near the edge. Now, your heart starts beating a little bit faster. But you still got the rope. You're still kind of in control. You still can decide to go or not to go. Now, you're looking down and you see the, you know, the, the rock cliff or whatever, but, but you still are kind of in control. Here's the scary part is, is when you back up, and I'm going to fall off here if I do this. It's when you back up and you've got the rope and all of a sudden there comes the point you have to lean into the rope. There comes the point where all of a sudden you no longer have control, but you're going to lean into the rope. In other words, you're going to trust, rely on, depend on that skinny rope to hold you. That is what it means to trust. 
That's the kind of trust the Bible's talking about here. It's, it's a total trust. It's not a partial trust. It's not sort of trusting. You don't repel by sort of trusting the rope. You don't come down the side of the cliff by sort of, you know, I'm going to put half my weight into it. You don't sort of do that. You, you totally have to, when you're repelling down the side of a cliff, you totally have to put all of your weight into, trust into, depend on that rope. That's the kind of trust it's talking about in this verse when it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It's talking about total, complete reliance upon God. In fact, you might want to write that just in the column there. Total, complete reliance on God. And I say to you that if you're not sure about what lies ahead for you in your marriage, if you're not sure about what lies ahead for you financially, if you're not sure what lies ahead for you vocationally, or maybe you're not sure what lies ahead for you regarding your children or maybe regarding your health, the Bible says the wise person will do this. The wise person will face the unknown by relying on God. It's the same type of trust and confidence that David had when he took a sling against Goliath. Same kind of trust that Job showed when his body was covered in, in sores and his life was in shambles. It's the same kind of trust that Abraham had when he left his home to go to a land he had never been to and didn't even know where he was going. Abraham was completely relying upon, depending on, putting his confidence in God. So as you wrestle with what's ahead in your life, you've got to decide this question. How much am I going to trust Him? How far am I going to trust Him? We can say we trust Him, but the real question is, am I willing to put all of my weight into it? Am I willing to really put my life in His hands? So ask yourself this question, am I relying solely upon God for what's ahead? Am I relying solely upon God for what's ahead? How do you face the future? Number one, face what's ahead by relying. I should have put by relying solely on God. Number two, face what's ahead without relying on yourself. The number one obstacle to trusting God, in my personal opinion, is trying to figure everything out on your own. And here's how Solomon wrote it to his son in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, he said. And then he says, and lean not on your own understanding. It's not enough to say, I, I trust the Lord. But Solomon said, but, but I know people. I know you. And, I, and Solomon would say, and I know me. I know my heart. I know my struggle. And my struggle and your struggle is this. We can say that we trust in God, but we're still trying to figure it out on our own. Trying to lean on our own understanding. If you, again, if you're taking notes, the word lean is an interesting word. It literally means to prop yourself up by something. To prop something up. I, ha, I, have, I just have this little stand on my phone, and, and I really like it because, by the way, this is a clock. If you're wondering why I have my phone, so I can kind of keep track. But that little stand allows me to prop up my phone. It's propping up on something. The idea is that it's relying on something. This, this phone is relying on that stand. It's propping it up. And the Bible says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The idea is that you're going to rely not on what you can do, not on what you can see, not on what you can manage. Don't rely on what you can understand. When you start trying to rely on you, guess who makes bad decisions? 
You do. Now, please hear this. I'm not saying it's wrong to plan for the future. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for the future. I'm not saying it's wrong to try to work out your problems. Of course we do those things. But true true wisdom is when I'm willing to admit that God knows more than I do and God can do more than I do. Or than I can do. Look how he says it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't trust your heart Trust God's heart for you. When the way that you view things conflicts with the way that God views things, you have the choice of leaning on your own understanding or leaning into what God knows. Put this on your notes. When what makes sense to us doesn't line up with His will, we follow what He says and ignore the whispers of our heart. That's what we're talking about. You see, here's the problem. The problem is, the reason we make bad decisions, the reason we don't walk in wisdom, the problem with leaning on your own understanding is that it puts parameters on God. We will follow Him as long as it makes sense to us. Right? We're putting parameters. I'm leaning on my own understanding, and I'm putting parameters, and the parameters are what I can understand. Let me ask you a question. Maybe this will help you grab hold of it. Have you, ever, have you ever had a GPS tell you you need to go a certain way and you're debating with the GPS? I see you're shaking your head, Brad. Is that a recent experience? You've argued with them. Yeah. You know, the GPS or the GPS in your phone, you know, the GPS you used to hang on, on the windshield, maybe you still do, or the GPS in your phone. I've had this happen. Brad's had it happen. A lot of you sound like you've had this happen. You put in where you're going, and, and it seems like it's giving you bad directions. And you start, no, no, that's not right. I don't turn here. I need to go straight. I need to go straight. How many times have you won that argument? Most of the time, there's been one, maybe once or twice where it seems like she's taking me the wrong place. But most of the time, if I decide to follow what she's showing me, most of the time, if I will listen to her and do what she says, most of the time, we end up going where we're supposed to be going. You see, we all have to decide when, that, when this, that GPS starts going crazy, we all have to decide, will I, listen, will I ignore the GPS or will I ignore what I think I should do? Or to put it another way, this is hard. Am I willing to submit to what my GPS is telling me? Jamie's shaking her head, nope. <laughs> I'm going to tell the GPS which way I'm going, because I know, right? I, got it. I know that this GPS, this stupid machine is telling me the wrong way, and you have to decide. I mean, you've got no choice. You've got to decide. Your car is moving. Your truck is moving in a direction, and you've got to decide. Am I going to submit to what the GPS is telling me, or am I going to go the direction that I think I should go? Same thing with God. The exact same thing with God. comes points in our lives where we have to decide Those moments when we have to decide, am I going to do what I think I should do or am I going to submit to what God says I should do? So as you face those times in your life, as you're looking at what's ahead and not sure what's ahead, as you're trying to 
peek over the horizon, submission to God's will is always the best option. He says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The bottom line when it comes to a decision is this. Who has the final say-so, you or God? Write that down. The bottom line is when it comes to the decision time, who has the final say-so, you or God? I want you to remember two phrases that we've looked at so far. The phrases are trust in and lean not. Trust in and lean not. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your understanding. Please don't make the mistake of thinking you're old enough and wise enough and smart enough and experienced enough and careful enough to always know what you should do. Because when you have confidence in your ability and your, your knowledge and your experience, and again, I'm not saying you should just act stupid, but, but when, when it comes down to I'm not sure if I should do this or that, it's always the best option to trust God more, more than you trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Here's number three. Facing the future. Number three is this. Face what's ahead by trusting God each day. Would you, if you're making notes, underline each day. Notice that Solomon didn't say, in most of your ways, acknowledge him. Solomon said in verse 5, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That word all is an interesting word. He wasn't speaking of just your Sundays or your Wednesdays. He wasn't talking about just those times when you pray or those days when you feel religious. He was saying, in every area of your life, acknowledge God. Now, how, help me here. How, how would you define the word acknowledge when it says acknowledge God? How, how would you define that word acknowledge? To accept it, okay. Recognize. To give credit. Those are all good answers. Let, let me give you my definition. Write this down if you're taking notes. The word acknowledge. It's an expression of trust. Acknowledge is to recognize who God is and respond accordingly. Recognize who God is and respond accordingly. We recognize God's authority over every component of our lives and we respond accordingly. And so the big question is, will we acknowledge God in all of our ways or will we pick and choose? And when we pick and choose, we don't always choose wisely. So Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Him. We have to be willing to admit we need Him every day. We have to be willing to admit that we're going to trust Him every day. In all of our ways, every day, we need Him. And then here's the fourth one. Face what's ahead with confidence. He says, in all your ways, verse 6, acknowledge Him and he will make your paths straight. Would you, if you mark your Bible, would you underline that word he or highlight it or put a box around it? Underline that word he and he. If you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, if you lean not on your own understanding, if in all of your ways you acknowledge him, then he will make your paths straight. 
Don't we need something more than our own intuition to protect us when we're making decisions about the future? Don't we need something more than just our own gut feeling when we're making life-shaping decisions? So ask yourself these two questions. Write these down. Ask yourself these two questions. Why do I hesitate to give God full access to every part of my life? Why do I hesitate to give God full access to every part of my life? That's the first question. Wrestle with that question. Why am I hesitant? Why am I pulling back? Why am I wondering about this? Why do I hesitate to give God full access to every part of my life? Question number two is this. Why do I fear what will happen on the other side of that decision? Why why do I fear what will happen if I submit to God? You see, divine direction begins with submission to our Lord. As you face an unknown future, God is asking you to trust Him, to lean on Him, to follow Him, and in exchange, He says, and He will make your paths clear. So let me give you a summary statement. We're going to, is it okay if I let you out early tonight? I've got to go pack. I haven't packed yet. So let me give you a summary statement. I'm going to have one or two more things to say, but let me give you a summary statement. Choosing the right path begins with submitting to the one who knows what's best for you better than you know what's best for you. I'll say that again. Choosing the right path begins by submitting to the one who knows what's best for you better than you know what's best for you. Choosing the right path begins by acknowledging God knows better than I do. Now, what if I started living like that? What if you started living like that? What if you decided, you know, deep down, really, honestly, God knows what's better for me. I can't see over the horizon, but my Heavenly Father can. So why would I not want to lean into His understanding rather than lean into mine? Why would I be hesitant to follow His direction when he can see what I can't see. When he knows what I don't know. When he can do what I can't do. Why would I be afraid of what's ahead if he's on the other side of what's ahead and he's leading me there? When I was about 20 years old. Scared to death of what God was calling me to do. I ran into Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Some verses you don't find them. Some verses you run into them. And I ran into this one. And it hit me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. Or He'll make your way clear. Why would you want to live another way? Why would we want to say, you know, I think I got a better idea. You want to live with wisdom. Living with wisdom means living in submission to God every day. And that's the problem, isn't it? Submission. That's the problem. Because submission means I'm not in control. Submission means I will recognize He is in control. 
Submission means I surrender. Submission means I'm going to listen to what he says. And when the GPS and I don't agree, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the GPS. I'm going to follow God's leading. I'm going to do God's will. I want to pray over you tonight. I want to ask you to just bow your heads and let me pray over you. Because I, I know that how this hits me, I know how this text is hitting me, and I know it, how this text is related to our family and all that kind of thing, but, you know, you've got a family too, and you've got situations in your life too. Some of you have got different, difficult decisions to make about what's ahead. Some of them are perhaps vocational decisions, or some of them may be financial decisions, or, or some of them may be decisions about your marriage. Do you stay or do you go? Some of these decisions are life-shaping, life-changing decisions. How do you make the right decision? How do you walk with wisdom when you can't see over the horizon? You don't know what's ahead. Father, I pray that tonight... we might wrestle with the idea of submission. Trusting in you with all of our heart. And not leaning on our own understanding. But in all of our ways and in every day, acknowledging you. And trusting you to direct our path. God, I, I just want to pray over these dear folks. Some of them are perhaps very anxious tonight uh, and some of them perhaps might even be angry or, or maybe they're very concerned and worried or confused. And God, they just need clarity. So desperately want to peek over the horizon. They so desperately want to see what's ahead. They so desperately want to make the right decision. And I pray that they'll decide just to focus on you. Knowing you, trusting you, following you. And may you. Direct our path. May you help us walk in wisdom. And Lord, may you get all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen.